I can remember many years ago in our family home, when I was a child, we had a picture on the wall. It was a picture by the famous French artist Renoir. The picture was called The Lunch of the Boat Party. I was looking at that picture the other day. It's a fascinating picture. I include it here in the show notes of the uh, podcast. It's a fascinating picture because of all these people together sharing a lunch, talking to each other, different characters, different personalities, men and women, enjoying a lunch together in the summer of 1880. I've based a short story on that picture by Renoir. And today I'm going to tell you that story. I'll also bring out some interesting adjectives to talk about personality at a B1, B2 level, and also a couple of interesting expressions. So here we go. Hello and welcome to Practicing English. My name is Mike Bilber and these are podcasts for students of English at B1 or B2 levels. And if you are a B1 level student trying to reach B2 level, then I recommend my book, The Tudor Conspiracy. Come over to practicingenglish.com and you'll see a picture of the front cover. Click on that and it will take you to the page where you can buy the book. So, as I said, I'm going to tell you some interesting personality expressions for describing people um, at a B1 level. The reason I have so many is because of these, this painting by Renoir. There are so many different types of people there. You'll see what I mean if you look at the picture. Starting at the top of my list here, miserable, miserable, which means very sad and upset because something bad has happened to you and you're not happy. You are miserable. The next one I have is lively. Lively is an adjective to talk about somebody who is very talkative, very active. Um, especially talkative, somebody who talks a lot. They are not shy people, usually. They are people who like to socialise, lively. I've got the word keen again. Now, keen, to be keen on something, meaning that you like it. It's a popular B1 word and very common in Cambridge English. If you're doing the Cambridge exams, the preliminary exam, for example, to be keen. I have lonely, lonely, which means to be alone by yourself and sad, lonely. Exhausted. I won't spell this one. I'm going to put these in the show notes so you can see how they're written because some of these words are quite long. But exhausted means very tired after doing a lot of exercise, for example. Embarrassed. So, if you feel embarrassed, remember the way you feel means that the 
Adjectives end in ed. Embarrassed, bored, interested, excited. These are the way you feel. So we use ed compared to ing endings, which talks about the activity. For example, an exciting film, a boring film, an interesting film, or an embarrassing film. So embarrassed means anyway when you feel. Or when you go red in the face, because something has happened which you wish had not happened, and you feel bad about it, you feel embarrassed. I think I had this the other day. I seem to remember in another podcast. Easygoing. It's a nice word to talk about somebody who is sociable, who is probably lively as well. Um, easygoing. Somebody who finds it easy. To talk to other people, reliable. Now, this is an interesting word, and it's not very intuitive. Reliable means a person who will do what you ask them to do, or rather, they will do what they say they will do. So, if somebody says, "I'll do that for you by tomorrow," don't worry, and they'll do it, because they are reliable people, charming. Charming is a word which means somebody who has a lovely personality. Everybody likes charming people. You may have heard, for example, in Shrek, Prince Charming, because in Shrek there are a lot of these nursery rhyme characters or these characters from children's books, and there's usually a Prince Charming who is very handsome and good-looking, attractive. But also, everybody likes him because he is just such a nice person, charming. I have sensible, and this is a bit of a false friend, perhaps for some speakers of other languages. Sensible, which actually means to do the right thing, to do the correct thing. A sensible person does not do silly things. Cheerful is another one. So cheerful, when you are feeling happy, it's another word for happy, really, an alternative to being happy. Cheerful, and the last adjective I have is talented, from the word talent, which means somebody who does something very, very well, who has a talent for something, and so they are talented. And my two expressions are. A sense of humour. If you have a sense of humour, it means that you like to have a joke with people. You like to laugh at things and see the funny side of life. A sense of humour. And my last B one expression is to be in tears. And if you are in tears, T E A R S. Those drops of water that fall from your eyes when you are very miserable. If you are in tears, you are very sad and you are crying. Enough of the vocabulary. Your task is to listen out for those words and listen for the context that I use them in during the story. And one more thing you have to listen out for as well. 
is to look at that picture that I mentioned by Renoir, the Impressionist picture of the lunch of the boat party. Look for it. And my question is, who is Angèle in the picture? You can identify her by the description that I give during the story. So listen carefully. Who is Angèle in the picture? Okay, so here is the story. The Lunch of the Boat Party. This is a B1 level story for students of English. Copyright M.A. Bilborough. Open the windows, Angèle, and let in the sunshine, said her mother. The rain has gone and it is a beautiful morning. Have you made the croissant for breakfast, Angèle? Mother, I was up at seven o'clock this morning making the croissant. Did you not smell them from the oven? Aha, yes, I did, the mother replied. But I thought it was perhaps the Lafayette baking downstairs. You should know, mother, my croissant smelled twice as good as Marie Claire's. Shall we lay the table for breakfast? Your brothers will be up soon. They'll be hungry. We wouldn't want them to go hungry, would we, mother? Angèle regretted that comment as soon as she'd made it. Her mother didn't have much of a sense of humour and would not welcome negative talk about her two wonderful, handsome teenage sons. Jean-Paul and François were still both at school and their proud parents had serious plans for them to study at the University of Paris and become doctors. Angèle had her doubts, however, as much as she loved them, both boys were rather lazy, lively, easygoing and charming, but lazy. Suddenly, both boys ran into the kitchen, where Angèle and her mother were putting the bowls on the table for hot coffee, the smell of which joined the other of freshly baked croissant. We're going, said François quickly. What do you mean you're going? said Angèle angrily. I I've just made breakfast. It's Sunday. We should all have breakfast together. But we arranged to meet up with Emile and Claude at the Pristot, said Jean-Paul. We promised. May we go, mother? Of course, said their mother. But make sure you are back for lunch. This afternoon you should study. Their mother smiled as the two boys ran noisily out of the kitchen, through the front door and down the stairs to the street. Angèle's father came out of the bedroom. Well-dressed and cheerful, he greeted his wife and daughter with kisses on their cheeks. Some coffee, please, he said as he sat down at the table. Ah, and something smells delicious. Are those croissants? Yes, father, said Angèle. I shall get you some coffee and a croissant straight away. My dears, the father continued, I must leave immediately after breakfast. I have an appointment with a most important businessman from Brussels today. But we shall be back for lunch. 
Perhaps, Angel, you could prepare an extra plate of food for him. I would eat out, but you know how crowded the restaurants can be on a Sunday. And you are such an excellent cook, Angel. Since her childhood, Angel had felt more like a servant than another member of the family. It was normal, she supposed. The male members of the family were allowed and even encouraged to study and follow a career, while girls were not given such an opportunity. Their world was the home, looking after their brothers, doing the housework. Angèle knew her family loved her, but she was tired of this. She did more in the home even than her mother, who had been ill in recent years and was not as strong now as when she was younger and often became exhausted. Recently, Angèle was more and more upset at where her life was going to. She often felt lonely and miserable, and she sometimes shut herself in her room and lay on her bed in tears. Angèle was now 22 and had ideas too about what she wanted to do in life. Once she had been to the Folie Bergère with a friend to see a play. She loved every moment of it. She hadn't told her parents because they weren't keen on the sort of people that went to those places. But Angèle had decided she wanted to become an actress. She loved to read classical literature, and her room was full of books. In fact, Sunday was one of the few days Angèle could have time to herself. Today, as on other Sundays, she took a walk along the River Seine. It was the beginning of July and the sun was already quite high in the sky, drying the path along the river, wet from last night's rain. Angèle knew she was lucky to live here. There were green trees and bright, colourful flowers by the river. There were people out walking or riding, enjoying the summer sunshine. Some people had brought picnics in wooden baskets and were already sitting on the grass around a tablecloth with bread, cheese, sausage meat, fruit and wine. Long dresses surrounding each sitting woman like the open petals of some enormous flower. The river here was cleaner than in the centre of Paris, so it was popular with pleasure boats, especially on Sundays. Most were rowing boats, where the boyfriend or husband rowed, while their girlfriend or wife and children sat at the other end and watched the world go by. However, there were also sailing boats, if the breeze was strong enough to push them along. Angèle thought they looked pretty, their tall white sails pointing up at the blue Parisian sky. Excuse me, dear lady. A voice behind her. She turned. Would you give us a hand? We have lost an oar and cannot get to the water's edge. 
three young men wearing shirts without sleeves and straw hats, and a woman in a very fashionable bright blue dress and hat, were sitting in a rowing boat. One of the men held an oar for Angèle to pull. She suddenly felt very embarrassed. She was wearing her best Sunday dress, which was very long. She was also wearing her best hat, white with black stripes. If she got too close to the water, she might get the dress dirty and wet, or her hat might fall in. I I don't think I can," she replied. "I am wearing my my best clothes." Then we will be lost in the depths of the Seine, never to be seen again," said the young man, and he waved his other arm as though performing in a play. And so young, handsome, and talented, what wonderful futures they would have had! But no, they died that day. Because of a beautiful but cruel woman who refused to help, so she wouldn't get her dress dirty. One would ask which is more important: saving lives or saving beauty. The others in the boat laughed. Angèle knew they were making fun of her, but she rather liked their careless and silly behaviour. And it was true that she was too sensible and reliable about everything. She held the end of the oar and pulled, her white boots slipping in the wet grass. Very slowly, the boat reached the river edge. The first man then jumped out, threw his arms into the air, then fell at Angel's feet. You have saved us, saved us from the monsters of the deep. We thought you were a cruel siren, but now see you are Calypso herself. We are so grateful. Tell me what you want, and I shall give it gladly. Although Angel still felt a little embarrassed, she knew she had to play the game. My dear Ulysses. She replied shyly, "You shall stay on my island for ever, or until I let you go." The young man stood up, looking surprised. He looked at Angel, a woman of beauty and books too. He said, "Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Antonio Maggiolo." I am your servant, my dear lady. Pleased to meet you," said Angel. "My name is Angel Lego." Angel now saw that there were several boats in the party, four in total, and they all came to stop next to the first, and everybody got out. A man in a dark suit and top hat, who seemed to be the leader of the group, then ordered. To lunch, everybody! All this exercise has made me hungry, hungry and thirsty, and all the others laughed. Antonio turned to Angel again. May I invite you to our lunch? 
We are going to the restaurant La Maison Fournaise. You know it, of course. We have a reservation, but I'm sure we can add one more lady to our group. Angèle thought about her father and the guest he wanted to bring home to lunch. How she was responsible for all the meals, it seemed. I don't know, she answered. I should get back to prepare lunch for my father. He... Do you know who that man is? Antonio interrupted, pointing to the man in the dark suit and top hat. His name is Pierre-Auguste Renoir. You may have heard of him. Yes, I think so, said Angèle. The painter. Pierre, called Antonio. Pierre turned round. Please, my friend, I have someone here you must meet. Angèle felt uncomfortable. Please, I... I... But Antonio took no notice of her. Pierre approached. He was a handsome man with light red hair, a moustache and small beard. I must apologize, said Pierre. I am a fool. You are obviously a famous actress, and I have not recognized you. Please forgive me. The lady's name is Angèle Legault, said Antonio. She rescued me and the others in our boat from a terrible death in the cold waters of the Seine. Pierre-Auguste Renoir smiled. Then you must come to lunch with us. I insist, he said, and I hope you will be a model for me in my next painting. I should love to paint your beauty. Angèle smiled at Pierre. Yes, I'd be delighted to come to lunch, she said. I hope you enjoyed the story. Were you able to identify Angèle in the picture of The Lunch of the Boat Party by Renoir? She is the one on the right-hand side. As I said in the story, she is wearing a white hat with black stripes. In fact, her name was Angèle, Angèle Legault, and she did become an actress. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye for now. Thank you.